roommate in law school, she was from Greeley. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I am so interested in hearing about Greeley and Colorado. But first, how are you? How is your day? Awesome. Like I said, I'm a Colorado native. I moved up here in 2010. So I grew up in a small rural community, which is southeast of here, about average around three and a half, four hours away from where I'm at. Okay. So the, uh, in the future for us, we'll probably be moving to Phoenix. We want to be a little bit more warmer weather, mm-hmm. but you know, so we saw the snow, we're like, Oh, are you kidding me? Snow's coming in today, but you're kind of used to it in a way, but yeah, it's Colorado has been doing pretty good about the, you know, just, it's like I said, you get all the seasons in one day. I heard you on clubhouse and I'm like, man, I really need to connect with Troy And I think, no, seriously, because you spoke to me and I know like Clubhouse right now, you know, is the new thing. So everybody's like trying to jump in and connect with everyone network. And I love it so much. So I'm just, thank you. Thank you for even agreeing to, you know, chat with me, connect with me at such short notice. No, thank you. I think it's a, it's my honor to be here, but thank you. And I appreciate you for inviting me. Um, I will say one thing that you're talking about clubhouse. Yes. Um, I will say publicly right now that I am addicted to it. It is, yeah. I've had to change my phone at least twice to three times a day. Cause it's always on. There's mm-hmm. always things going on, but the, the plethora of knowledge that is coming from it. I've learned so much. Like last night I was just trying to work on my Instagram account, right? My mm-hmm. life coaching Instagram account. And I did a reel and I just came out with something. I heard this tip. I just went with it and By this morning when I woke up last night, within eight minutes after just posting that reel, I had over 2,000 views of it, 2,000 plays of that reel just within eight minutes. And then this morning when I woke up, there was a little bit close to almost 4,000 just plays on it. And it just blew my mind, just the small little simple strategies. And it was kind of funny because being a life coach, I always try to push the, you know, things that are, uh, that just get you thinking. I always tell people, I'm not going to tell you what to think, but as my goal every day is to just show up and get you to think about something. Mm. That's all I do. And when I do that, that's, that's, I've accomplished my goal for the days I got you to think about something. Mm-hmm. And I posted one where there's gentlemen's on top of these buildings and it's on fire. And he's just trying to put the fires out with a bucket of water. And the, basically the title that just came to my head is, uh, when the fears kick in after from, uh, the, when the fears kick in from success, Mm-hmm. You know, and then the botanist said, um, discover how to avoid this. And that just blew up. And I was like, oh my gosh, so Clubhouse has really just been making me more knowledgeable. There are so mm-hmm. many people in this group that it's it's just like I found the gem that finally, you know, every day I'm going to bed and my head hurts because I've learned so much in just one day. Right, right. Like so, so much. And I don't want to talk about those other people. (laughs) I want to talk about you. Connectors, I am so excited. Like this is, I believe this is fate. Connectors, you know who I am. I am Alexia Marche Plummer. I am the host, the plug of Amps Connected podcast. And you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. We are connected. So, Troy, I 
look, I tried to do a little stalkerish stuff before we connected <laughs> here, but please, can you please introduce yourself? Because I don't want to miss any of your titles. So please introduce yourself. Well, my name is Troy Rivera. Um, when you, one thing I will tell you um, is when you ask me who I am and how to identify, I will always come and throw, I think sideways. I never think straight. I think sideways. So my answer is always is I'm a, I'm a, spirit in a human body experiencing the world, mm. you know, because I've been in, in practices where people will look at you and think, oh, you've got titles, you know, and so if the official job titles that I have is I'm an assistant principal for a middle school. Um, I am my own life coach and I have my life coaching business. And then I also have another little side hustle is um, I'm a bling boss. I sell paparazzi jewelry. So it's just, you know, the hey. entrepreneur bone is in me. And that's why I do. So yeah, that's, that's basically who I am. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just a, an average, I always say I'm just an average guy just showing up, but I'm just experiencing the world and what the world has to offer and how I can just uh, support and help others. And my mission for 2021 is to uh, help out my friends and to make more friends. I mean, that was, that's what basically my mission is this, this year. Well, you got a friend in me because you just said you love side hustles. I love side hustles. So I'm going to check out your bling because I love jewelry as well. But I want to know first, you were just talking about, you have all these many titles, you're a principal. So how do you balance? I mean, of course you are a life coach, but I guess that will be the first question then. How did you become a life coach when did you know I am a life coach? And then how does that allow you to be a principal and a life coach and, you know, a bling out <laughs> hustler? How do you do that? So where it all really started, and that's, I love that question that when I get asked that is I've been, I'm in my 19th year in education. Um, and even before I went into become an educator, um, I started reflecting on that and I started thinking of like how I was helping out my friends. We'd always, you know, I would organize study groups with my friends in school. Um, I was always teaching my cousins at an early age and, you know, reading was not my thing growing up. And I always say it wasn't until 30 when it all connected. And then I picked up a book and I just now, you know, you always catch me with all my Kindle mm -hmm. or a hardback book or a paperback book, just reading. I'm always diving into it. Um, and just through that is when I started reading stuff and started learning, I always feel that every day you have to learn something. You have to take away something because this world has so much to offer. And, you know, there's, there's, you get 24 hours in a day and what do you do within the 24 hours is what I always look at myself and reflect and think. And I say, I just want to gain one little piece of knowledge, you know, one little gem, one little nugget that I just can take away and just say, okay, um, that's going to be something I want to inspire people. And so you know, I never really thought about the life coaching at that time. It was more, I want to become an educator. And then I, I took a detour and, and became a radio broadcaster. So, which is why I do podcasting as well. And, um, and then I came back into education and just through that is I always, when I find out new knowledge and I learn, I want to share it with someone. Like I said, going back to that, I want to get you to think about something. I'm not telling you what to think. And it's just, I started wanting to just like, I want to share this with someone. And so when I started sharing with people, storytelling was my thing and I just love doing it. And I just, I just found myself emerging into it and just going, 
like, oh, this is, you know, this is great. And people are like, oh my gosh, this is, you shared something that I can't, you know, where'd you think about that? Or where'd you come from? I was like, well, it's not my knowledge. It's some of the knowledge that I gained and I'm just sharing it out. You know, I'm just sharing what I've learned and experienced. And from there on, people are like, oh, you're like a life coach and everything. And I heard that several times. I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just me, you know, very humble. And I just, just be who I am. And after a while, it just started after hearing it resonated with my students, with adults that I came across with just when I share a story, I'm a listener. So I'll sit and listen. People think like, well, you're very quiet and everything. It's like, mm-hmm. I love to observe. I like to okay. observe people first. Okay. I, I sit, I like people watching. If you gave me a job to say, go here and sit and watch people for eight hours a day, I'd do it, you know, because I just love to see the dynamics of how people, how people work. And I'm very intrigued in humans. I'm intrigued in other people. I learn from you and I hope you learn from me is what I always say. You know, it's not just when I do my life coaching business, I just don't say you're going to learn from me. I'm going to learn from you too. Right. I've always heard the term life coaching. You're like a coach. And I was, I was actually an athletic coach for several times. And just through that, it was just like, you can, you can excel and become anything that you want. I've always had that intrinsic motivation. My family never had to tell me to do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, My family was happy if they said, oh, you know, and when they found out I was going to college, my mom, she was like, you're going to college. You're making this happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was just this drive. There was something in, there was that burning flame inside of me that says, you got to go and do this. This is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So I always, I'm, I'm very intuitive with myself and what I do. And so I thought, okay, so, you know, going through education, teaching and, and all that stuff. And there was always a life lesson. I always say, you just got to take something away to, to grow and everything. And then about a couple of years ago, I was just like, finally, I had a life coach and I was just the work they were doing. I was like, I can do this. And, you know, I'm learning from them. And the one thing that he said is always remember, you need to share, Hmm. you need to share what you're getting. You know, Hmm. I believe in the universe. The way I work is, you know, I'm very spiritual and I believe that it doesn't, the knowledge doesn't need to stop with me because then that stops the flow of the vibration and, Hmm. and the frequency in the world. You've got to continue. You've got to share. And, you know, so when I became a life coach, that's what I've just loved. I just love, I sit with people and I don't tell them I'm a life coach. I'm just like, Hey, you know, let me, let me tell you something I learned today and how it just really affected my life. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to see, you're going to, you're going to be able to stand behind me and see what I'm seeing in my world. Mm -hmm. And I want to share that. Now I'm not telling you that you have to experience that and you have to do that. I just want to share that with you, you know, and because maybe you'll take away something. That's just how I function. I know that this has to be true because just from this little conversation that we're having now, I can relate so much on just do it. You know, you didn't have to have your, your parents to tell you to do this or do that, to call myself a life coach or to try to help someone else get their life in order. That seems like a huge task. But Troy, I'll say I read your bio here. Your many identities have allowed Mr. Rivera to understand the hardships that come with life and the beauty in life struggles and successes. If there is one man you must, this this is the, the line right here. If there is one man you must meet in life, even if for five minutes is Mr. Rivera, you will only be left with inspiring thoughts and ideas. That's why I'm like, wow, whoever wrote this has told the truth, the absolute truth, because (laughs) just- And and the funny thing about that Mm. is we were having a conversation and actually that was in the last, that was that within this last week. I was having a conversation with 
um, my colleague who I work closely with, she's an attendance and an attendance coordinator for our school. And it, I don't know where it came up that I was filling out a form and they said a bio. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I, I hate I hate writing a bio about myself because mm -hmm. the thing about it is, is I know that people say this is how you have to sell yourself. So when you throw me and say I have to write a bio about me and you want me to write it, I will question it. I will self-doubt. Mm -hmm. I would be like, what am I going to talk about? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. And I mean, I know who I am, but I just like I don't know what to say. Right. Because I don't like to brag. That's just right. I'm humble. I just don't like to to throw the degrees, the job titles. And everything. I just like, I'm just, a, I'm just an, a humble person who's just, you know, like I said, a spirit and in the human body experiencing the world. That's just, mm -hmm. that's just who I am. So I, I challenged her and I said, all right, Sandra, I says, I want you to write a bio about me from your perspective and lens, write it. And she's like, oh my gosh, the pressure is on. And she, she said, I said, and, and just take from your experience, of our interactions and, and and from your experience and your lens and your perspective and your world, who I am, just, just write it. So she did. And she goes, okay, I send it to you. And I was like, okay. So I, when I pulled it up, I was like, I, I, I read it and it, it made me teary eye. And then I turned to her and I said, this is really what you see. Mm -hmm. And she goes, yeah, this is who you are. This is, this is who she goes. I'm one person who interacts with you. She says, think about what the other interactive that you're having the other interaction that you're having with other people. And this is what, what could they say about you? And I was like, Oh, wow. I was like, okay. I, you know, and I, I felt kind of like, Oh my God, now the pressure's on. Cause this is who, but then it felt for me, it gave me, it gave me life in a way to say, okay. So all those self doubts that I had about myself, if I'm actually doing this stuff, am I really inspiring? And if you look up the word inspire, it means to pour in, Mm. Right. And I've always believed that I always want to just be an inspiration mm -hmm. to someone, you know, and after reading what she, I asked her to write that I was like, okay, so I am, I am filling the cup oh, of others, so but I, I also stopped to make sure that my cup is, is filled as well, because, you know, you, you can't drive a car if it's on empty, mm -hmm. you still got to fill it up. And so I was just like, wow. I was like, well, thank you. I said, this is really, and like I said, it just brought tears to my eyes. It, it, it made me teary eyed. And I was like, okay, then, and then that's when all those self doubts that I had and said, you know what, you are doing what your life mission is. Mm -hmm. You are doing what you said you had set your, your goal and your passion out to do this. This is what it is. And, you know, and I, I see that within my school that as a work as, as an assistant principal under that title, I see that. Mm -hmm. You know, I see those difficult times and those great times. And, and I'm seeing that the change is when you, people are like, oh, you know, the students, Mr. Rivera is my favorite assistant principal. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, you know, well, that's your choice. You know, I'm just doing, I'm just me. And they're like, you yeah. got to give yourself more credit for what you think. And like I said, when I said, I understand that. And I said, you know, when you compliment me, I tend to like, okay, yeah, well, you know, okay. I just got a promotion, but in order to get the promotion, I had to like list all of these things that I've done the past two years. And I just like wrote out something like maybe 30 minutes, you know, and sent it off to my supervisor. And she's like, you have to do this over because I won't be able to give this to HR to, you know, justify your promotion. And I'm like, I have no idea what to say about myself. I mean, you know me, you know what I've done. You haven't had an issue with my work. You know, obviously you thought my work was good enough to promote me. And so by the end, it probably took us three days to, you know, redraft, edit, edit, edit the 
the promotion paperwork. And by the end, she's like, you know, for 2021, one thing that you and I are going to work on is imposter syndrome because it's holding you back. And yet you said it yourself, like, you know, I do consider myself humble. Sometimes I even forget to say I am a podcast host. And it's not that, you know, I'm not proud of my podcast because I love what I'm doing. I, I love that I get to, to connect with people, you know, on the other side of the world or here, you know, on the other side of the states, like, or the country. So, but it's still difficult for me to talk about myself, to give myself accolades. But then at the same time, you know, I, as a creative, I can sometimes feel unappreciated. Like if I don't get the likes or if I've spent so much time even on uh, Instagram posts and it's like, well, it didn't really get what I thought it deserved. But then again, it's like, I don't, I do care, but I don't, I forget to care enough to push past the likes and to remember that I still do, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, what do, how do you, because I'm hearing you say, you know, as a, as an assistant principal, and again, this is a beautiful bio, bio your colleague, I don't know why I'm so tongue tied today. (laughs) It's the weather. I, um, this bio from your colleague is beautifully written, as you said, it would have brought tears to my eyes. So as a life coach, again, wearing so many titles, how do you push past the imposter syndrome? Um, I do a lot of self-work. So it all began when I said, if I'm going to jump in and be this life coach that I am envisioning myself in, it all started with mirror talk. I started, I had to appreciate myself and really come to love myself as an individual. Cause I mean, I will love you no matter what we may get into an argument or something, but I still will be there for you. And I still will love you, you know, cause love is love is love is love. Love is overall the conquer of anything. Mm-hmm. And so I started where it all began is I had to really look in the mirror and stare at my eyes. Cause I always believe that, you know, the soul is the, the doorway to your eyes. And I would sit there and have conversations myself in the mirror and I would have, and talk about, Hey, you know, so-and-so said something great about you. And you know what? It is true. This is you, you know, you're not the imposter that you're thinking that you are, you are this, this loving human being, this, this thriving, this, this entity, this spirit that lives within you. And it's showing through your words and your actions toward others, you know, and it all began with that. I, I started with self mirror talk. I would every morning, I would spend, you know, three minutes. It started with three minutes. Then it would go to five minutes and I'd sit there and have a conversation and it, it appreciated because growing up, I did not like to look in mirrors. Mm-hmm. That was a, just a thing. I, yeah. I always said the only mirror that I'll look in is my bathroom mirror because it's going to lie to me because I'm getting ready for the day. And I see the transformation from rolling out of bed, getting showered and getting dressed and getting everything. And at the end, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going out in the world. Like mm-hmm. I always said, it just lies to me. But then when I go to the stores, you know, I would see self critiquing like, oh, you know, you could lose a few pounds. Oh, you know, that shirt's baggy on you. And when I started doing that work, I, I started to really come to the point where I needed to love myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love myself in a way that I'm not you know, conceited. I'm not um, egotistic or anything. I love myself because this is who I, I represent. This is who I'm coming in as. And this is what I want to share with the world. 
So that's that to get rid of that apostate syndrome, that's where it really started was the, is to break that, that self-doubt and that, that situation was just, I started just looking in the mirror and saying, I, this is where it's got to start. It has to start with me. It doesn't start with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing everyone else tell you the things that you're not recognizing for yourself. So I had difficult conversations where I even cried with myself. It's like, why are you, why do you hold or why do you resist these, these, these compliments? Why do you resist the truth of what you're bringing to this world? Mm-hmm. You know, and the, I had difficult conversations with myself. People, I always tell people, I talk to myself. I really do. I'll be in the car and I can start talking to myself, you know, cause then I catch my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I have a saboteur, I call it, and his name is Tori. Okay. So Tori comes to come in sometimes when those thoughts. And so I have my saboteur, which is a part of me, but he has no power over me like he used to. I'm not familiar with that term. Please, please help me. So um, it was mentioned in um, my husband and I like to watch RuPaul drag race. And he did a challenge one day with one of the drag queens. And he said, you have to identify the person who talks in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned it's the, the negative Nancy that we like to call. Mm-hmm. It's the, the negative thoughts or it's those um, what we, I like to call in one of my, uh, my teachings. It's ants, you know, automatic negative thoughts, hmm. A-N-T small s, you know, the automatic automatic negative thoughts. And that's, and so when I was watching that episode and he was talking about what would, who would you name your saboteur as? It's the person saying, you can't do this. You're not capable of it. You know, you're, you're, you think you're this, but you're really not this. Let's, let's Mm -hmm. pull some of your past memories back in to say, Hey, this is who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. based on your programming experiences, this is who you really are. This is who you can't come to be. And so the saboteur's name is Tori. He comes in and when he wants to make himself recognized, he will start with those negative talks. Mm -hmm. He will, like when something great happens right away, you know, we, we've all experienced this with clients. We've all experienced when something great happens right away, your saboteur is going to come in and say, well, yeah, this is great, but you know, be prepared because something's worse is going to happen. You know, this, Mm -hmm. this can't, this can't be true. Mm -hmm. So So that's where I developed that. If you name, put a name on it, then you can do something about it. That's the key thing that I do in my life coaching work is I get my clients or those who I'm working with, or just even any acquaintance that, you know, not even with, if it has to deal with life coach, it's just, you said the key thing is you have to give it a name because once you give it in a name, it loses its power over you. Cause mm-hmm. now you're able to recognize it too many times we sit back and we don't think about the triggers that bring up this emotion. So I always teach when you feel that emotion, is that emotion anger? Is it, is it sadness? What is name it? Cause then you lose, it loses its power over you. And then you've gained control. Cause you're like, okay, now I know that this is sadness. I know some of the steps and tools I need to work with in order to overcome the sadness or I'm angry. What triggered me to be angry? Because sometimes you got to look and say something that someone did or said to you is a mirror of something that you hold inside. And so you need to recognize that, you know, like um, I've experienced where people will say and do things and I get so angry but then I stop and I'm like, okay, I'm somewhere in my life, in my experience, I'm mirroring that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm mad. That's a trigger that came my way. So I've got to label that trigger. I've got to label that emotion. And then guess what? Now I recognize you. Um, I always, my favorite thing is I see you now. I see and you. I see mm-hmm. you. And now we're going to work through this because you have no power over me. Mm-hmm. What do you think the relationship between the saboteur and 
attachment style? So the saboteur and the attachment is you've got to think of. So another, another program that I work with is shadow, shadow work, right? Mm -hmm. It was something I dived into and really looked at it. And the, the saboteur and the shadow are the same, the same right? Um, the, the, the saboteur is the voice in your head. The shadow is what the baggage that you carry. Mm -hmm. And so the attachment is you have to understand that when we're growing up, we, when we're born, we have the openness to learn, right? We don't know anything. And then through beliefs and values of those that we come in contact with, you know, the environment teaches us some things and we learn some limiting beliefs, our family, our relatives, people we are exposed ourselves to. Um, those are another thing that build onto that. And so you start to build the attachment. That's where that work and it's like, okay, this is who they say I am. So I got, I guess this is who I am. Instead of really going down and saying, who am I? And does what they have to say fit into that, into that belief? You know, this is what I believe about myself. You know, this is, I'm going to grow up to be this person. You know, we, we always think about our, our kids and they've got that creative mind. They, mm -hmm. they, they have such an imagination and we, we look at them and I can remember things growing up with my mom and my dad, I would say, I'm going to do this. And I had this so imagined. And my mom's like, you're just so out of this world. The things you think of, you know, and then you hear like, you know, that's not going to come true. Boom, right there. That's where that attachment comes out. And, mm -hmm. and your shadow and your, and your um, saboteur, they want you to hold on to that because that was part of they saying, if you hold on to that, we still exist. Mm -hmm. We're going to be part of you. But when you recognize that we don't exist anymore, they're going to step up their game. I always say they're going to step up their game because they don't want to be forgotten, mm -hmm. you know, or they don't want, they don't want their power to be lessened where when they come back to talk to you, you got it. You know, I was just so on a game zoom game night last night with some friends and the question was we were playing this game called i descent and I, if you haven't heard of it i guess it's in honor of ruth bader ginsburg and there's an argument on the, on the card and it says like whatever what like it's an argument and so this particular argument was uh, it's better to be a child or childhood is better than being in adulthood or something to that effect. And I was like, no, 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 no. I love being an, an adult. I would not want to be a child again. However, I would love to have the imagination of a child because I remember growing up saying, I want to be a singer and a lawyer. Okay. Most people would say, you can't do that. You can't do, you know, those are two totally different feels. You know, you're either going to be a singer on a stage or you're going to be working, you know, at a courthouse 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 10 p.m., whatever. And I was told as a child by, may he rest in peace, Mr. Green. He was a principal, actually. And he told me, I, will, I can see you will be singing your closing statement. And here I am today, like literally working towards that dream because I believe that I can be a singer, I can be a lawyer. Today I'm, I'm studying for the Indiana bar. So soon enough, I will be an Esquire and an attorney and I'm a singer. So, you know, I believe in pouring into children. Like you were saying, you have to pour into yourself. You have to inspire 
those children to have these imaginations. So if I could, like, I would definitely go back to my child self and tell, tell myself, no, don't ever let anybody limit you. Those saboteurs, don't let them, don't bring them into adulthood because I have seen myself, I did bring some of that into my adulthood. But being a child, definitely, I wish I had that, that imagination, that no limit mindset. There's, there's a meditation that I do um, when I work with clients um, and I've learned it and practiced it. And it's, it's called the inner child meditation. So mm -hmm. you got to recognize that the inner child still lives within you. That mm -hmm. flame is still there. And you pull out some, you mentioned some good points. It's about, you know, like, I always think about when there's times that I can act like a kid and I get told you're, you're being kind of childish because that's my inner child coming in. That's the creativity. That's that inspiration. That's that, that joy, that bliss, that's that feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when someone says that you go like, Oh, okay. I got to fall back into my label of adult. I got to mm -hmm. be an adult. I got to, got to be, per, you know, this and everything. The child's always in you, even though you may not say that we're, you know, it's, we're older and we're adults we still have the child within us. Mm -hmm. And so there's a meditation that I teach that's where you go in and you ask permission from your inner child. You go in and you just don't say, okay, inner child, you're there. There's, there's a process that when you build that relationship with the inner child, that where it goes to, like you were talking about the creativity. Children are very creative. They are mm. so imaginative. I mean, you can, you can sit down and just watch a young child and they come out with a creative way to play games. They, they don't need the money. They mm -hmm. are figuring out what around them. They're having a story going on in their head. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and it's real to them. I loved it when my cousins used to have tea parties mm -hmm. because they had the animals and they were having conversations. Okay. That's that inner child. That's that creativity that anything is possible. See, and you know what, that just made me think too, then, you know, you were saying you talk to yourself in the car and one may say, oh, you know, you talk to yourself, you're crazy, but I'm just now hearing it totally different because if I can talk to myself, if I have an imagination, if I'm not able to talk to myself, that means that like my imagination is being limited. My creativity is being limited. And you got to approach it in a way when you're thinking of that, when you're having a conversation with yourself and you're thinking, you're going to come out with the most craziest ideas ever. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I love to do, my husband and I like to travel. So I love to drive because once I get behind my wheel and I'm driving I, and we're going like we, like I said, when we drove to Phoenix this weekend for mm -hmm. New Year's Eve, um, that road trip was a great because in the car I'm processing, you know, he's got music playing and everything, but I'm having conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of crazy ideas. I'm thinking of these things that I'm like, okay, as wild and crazy and as imaginative it is, I'm going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Cause I believe what if I did create that, what's going to happen? The, what if that does happen? And I'm going to show you an example. This is cause this was, this was, I've been trying to figure out how do I want to create a business card? I, mm -hmm. cause I can go through so many different things and I don't want to limit it to where, you know, but then I don't want it to be just like, Oh, it's just another business card. I want it to peel interest. Mm -hmm. I want it to be kind of like, okay, what's this all about? The curiosity. That's what I live by is I want you to be curious, Of course. curious with the ideas of what if. So I took one of my emojis that says perseverance on it, my bitmojis, mm -hmm. right? And then I just, that's a front cover. And on the back, I came out with the QR code and it just says, start your story here. Mm 
Yeah. Plain and simple. And, and that was a creative idea that it came into my mind as crazy as I thought. Cause when you tell people they're like, Oh, well, there's what, what, what's that all about? There's no, there's no information or anything. I said, that's not the point of it. You're the point of it curious. is to make it's curious for someone to have and say, okay, whether they look at it immediately or later, they're like, what's this all about? Mm -hmm. And then when they go in, they start to see how they can connect with me and, 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 and start writing their story. You know, I do that. I'm a transformational coach, which means I want to help you rewrite your story mm -hmm. because you need to stop letting someone else scribe it for you. You start scribing it yourself. And so the thing is, is that I've heard it too many times and people are like, well, do you answer yourself when you talk to yourself? I'm like, oh right. yeah. I mean, it's a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm speaking to an expert. Mm -hmm. That's how I look. I said, mm -hmm. I'm speaking to the, to the divine expert that we tend to we tend to lock and cage up and, and, and that's our limiting beliefs, our limiting beliefs. And, and if you look at a lot of entrepreneurs and business people of growing, they are still connected to their inner child mm -hmm. because they've made things happen. Mm -hmm. The inventions that have come in, that all started with a thought. And that thought is your creative imagine. That thought is coming from your inner child. Your inner child is connecting to you and say, hey, here's a crazy idea. What if we do this? Right. And people be like, okay, yeah, that's kind of a great idea. But then they fall into the fear of what are other people going to think of me? Mm -hmm. I remember a couple years ago, I volunteered at a school in the same vein, you know, but kind of opposite because when I was eight or nine, I was actually following along with my aunt who was a teacher. And then a couple years ago, another aunt, I have several aunts who are teachers another aunt, she told me to come to her school and talk to a kindergarten class. And after I told him my story, this kid was like, yeah, I'm going to be a firefighter astronaut. And I was like, you should do that because you can. And like, I just had this image of a fire truck floating in space. And I'm like, I can see that. Like, I just had this other idea. I won't share it right now, but you know, it was crazy in my head or it seemed so out of reach. But all of a sudden, when I put it out there, started reaching out to different people who may be interested, all of a sudden, it's now becoming a reality. And what you did is you found your tribe, you found your like-minded master group, you know, mm. like attracts like. And I love how you said, and I saw the excitement in you when you said it, that you're like, oh my God, this is the most craziest idea. And you could have done two, one of two things. You did the thing and said, you know what, I'm just going to adventure out and go from it. Mm -hmm. you know, if, it, if it manifests itself, it's going to happen. Or you could have took the other path and said, you know, that's a crazy idea. And I'm just going to I'm just going to let it be. The one thing that there's this one um, audio that I love to listen to. And one of my coaches that I listen to is he says, too many people in this world are dying along with their dreams. Mm. And there's this one, and I can't, I can't think if it's Les Brown. I'm a big fan of Les Brown. I mm -hmm. love that man. And I think he's the one that narrates it. And he talks about a gentleman being at his deathbed and these, these spirits around him. And they're not our descendants. They're the dreams that are around them. And they are having a conversation with him saying, we're dying with you. The world's never going to know what you were capable of. Even as crazy and as madness as it can be, the world's never going to know because we're dying with you. And that's why one of my favorite characters from Ooh. Alice in Wonderland is the Mad Hatter. 
Mm-hmm. He was just anything. I, I I love him. As you can see, the Cheshire cat's up there uh-huh. as well. I mean, I'm Alice in Wonderland has so many learning moments in there. But when the Mad Hatter, as crazy as he can be, people thought he was insane. In reality, no, he was not insane. He mm-hmm. was right where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, asking those questions like, why is Raven like a writing writing desk? I mean, just asking those questions because it makes you think. Yeah. Because it goes into that imagination. It goes into that inner child that anything is possible in this world. Ooh, and we've got to we've got to stop limiting ourselves and making it happen. Troy, you bringing tears to my ears, and it's because it's so good. No connectors, like I am speaking. We are speaking here some truth. Do it if you can believe it. Just do it. Do it. And, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, because and then when you say, "Oh, you know," and and the word failure for me is feedback. Mm. If I if I go into the connotation of and the meaning of saying I tried something as crazy as it could be and I failed at it. I don't use that word failure. I go back and say, if I did something creative and I tried it and it didn't work out yet, I got some feedback mm-hmm. and I need to go back to my feedback and fix it just because it didn't happen immediately, which is the mindset of a lot of people is if it doesn't work first, you know, they, they give up. You know, gonna go back to your feedback. Okay, what do I need to make adjustments? Where's some growth? What worked? What didn't? Okay, I've learned something that didn't work. Now let's take the next step. I go back to Thomas Edison when he created the light bulb. You know, people ask him, how did you get it to work? And and in his conversation, he says, Well, really to tell you the truth, I really don't know. He says, but I know a thousand in some ways how it doesn't work. There. You know, I've learned from that. I mean, he could have gave up after the third time and said, Oh, you know what? Let's nuts. I don't know how to do this. No, he continued. He, he tapped into people who had that like-minded and said, you know what? Hey, okay. He created that mastermind group and said, okay, Hey, let's work together. Let's, let's be creative as much as crazy as people may think, Mm -hmm. you know, let's make it happen. And that's the thing about like, when you're in the work world, you know, I think about these young kids, like I'm going to become an artist and you know, they, they paint and they're coloring outside the lines and everything. Mm -hmm. And everyone goes, there may be that limiting belief in people will say, yeah, you're not going to be an artist. Artists don't make money. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, why do you want to do that? I want to become an actor. Oh, you're going to have to work really hard because there's a lot of people that do that. Oh, I want to become this, you know, but when they say, oh, I'm going to become a banker or I'm going to become a teacher. Oh yeah, that's great. You know, cause yeah. it's based on the idea of the career, but the imagination is, is, is taken away as we start maturing. Cause the, the brain development between the ages of 10 to possibly 12, that's when our creativity starts to shut down because that's when we start really looking at our core beliefs and values. But mm-hmm. from under that age, it's anything is possible. That's why I say, watch a young child just play. Mm-hmm. You know, just watch a young child just play. I mean, I watched my our dog, Sable, and when she grabs a toy, she's having fun. And it just makes me laugh because she's being imaginative, you know, and she doesn't have to worry about bills or anything, but she just takes that toy and just plays with it. Like it is the, the greatest thing beyond pure gold. Mm-hmm. So I see that imaginative stuff that happens. Yeah, I'm picturing now, and you're you know around children all the time. So just it brings me joy seeing, hearing even children laughing. Sorry, oh. our, our dog. <laughs> hey, Sable. She wanted to make an appearance. Hi. She Welcome loves to, to do that. 
<laughs> we're talking about children. You know, here on AMS Connected, we travel all over, all over. The Again, y'all, I don't know why I am so tongue-tied today. <laughs> I guess I'm so excited, I guess. I have no idea. But we travel all over. You are the first artist in Colorado. So what is your earliest memory of Colorado? And because I'm a foodie, tell me one of your favorite foods that I guess Coloradoans, I don't know, what do y'all call yourselves? We call ourselves Coloradians. Coloradians. Yeah, Coloradians. Okay. What is a Coloradian dish that I should try whenever I go to Colorado? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, that's a good question because I love food and food loves me. So mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of favorites. What is Colorado really known for, for food wise? Like what would be a great dish to come in? I don't know. Husband, I'm going to ask my husband, <laughs> what, what do you think it is? Cause he's from Canada. So he can, he can speak from that experience. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's the down. So you, for, if you were to go to my hometown, you would have to, try the cantaloupe and the watermelons. Cause that where I grew up at, we're known as the, the melon capital of the world because really? we have a lot of farming down there. We're known for the cantaloupe industry as well as the watermelon. So if you go down to my hometown area and I'm going to go with that, I'm going to say it's the cantaloupe. You have to try the cantaloupe that comes from Rocky Ford, Colorado. Okay. Because it is, there's just something about the, the environment down there that grows these wonderful melons out mm -hmm. and that are just there. Now I'm not mouth's getting really watery about just thinking of the cantaloupe because they're so sweet, but they're so succulent. There's just a, a great taste to it. Mm. So I would say in my perspective, growing up and my greatest memory is going out to the melon field and picking melons and bringing them home and then just slicing them up and then just having that fresh bowl of cantaloupe mm -hmm. that we just got from the farm and ready to eat it on a hot summer day. Cause that's when they're around in August and September, just that, just that, that moment. Look, August, September, I could not get enough of watermelon. Like I would go down to the farmer's market and for, for dinner, I would have basically a half of a watermelon with some corn on the cob. <laughs> and I'm like, I could eat this forever. And pour, do you like salt or tajin? How do you pronounce it? I love, is it? T-A-J-I-N. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's like chili lime. It's the chili lime and everything. Um, I'm not a big fan of that because of just the taste in it. There's mm. there's a little bit of uh, other spices in there that I don't care for much. So I will say that when it comes to, to cantaloupe, it is, it is salt. Mm -hmm. it, there's just something about, because I have this, my husband laughs at me because I will be eating a bag of chips and then I have something sweet. Because uh -huh. I, I, mean I mean, and I will take a handful of chips and I'll eat it and then I'll take a, a sweet and I'll eat it. And he goes like, you, you eat so weirdly. And I said, cause I have to have both of that salt and, and sweet taste at the same time. Wait a minute. He's from Canada. What is that thing called? Poutine? Yeah. A yeah. bunch of curds. <laughs> so. And it is great when you get it in Canada, it is the most delicious uh, dish ever. Uh, and that is one of my favorites that I just love when we're up there to eat because it just has that the gravy and, and the cheese curds and the fries and the variety that you can get. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have this thing for sweet and uh, sweet and sweet and salty at the same time. So when it comes to the cantaloupe, knowing it's so sweet, having that salt, it's just like, Oh, I mean, 
it's just, it's a match made in heaven in my mouth. (laughs) Maybe for my birthday, I'm trying to decide where I want to go. I was thinking Colorado, but then I was like, well, it's still cold. I'm in the Midwest. It's cold. Maybe I want to go down South. But since you're from Colorado and again, people from all over the world, what would be one reason people should visit Colorado? Colorado is an amazing state through my perspective. Um, We've been through a lot of states and what I love about just Colorado itself for me is just the drive through the mountains. I mean, we have so many, I mean, it's just experiencing the state in general because on the east side, you have the plains, you have the flatlands, you have, you know, tumbleweeds or Christmas trees for people. And then as you move into central Colorado, you have the cities, the the variety just to see, you know, the mountains. I mean, you get up in the morning and if I drive to work, I can see the mountains. And so that's just so, that so miraculous. Cool. And then it's, then it's going West and it's going to the mountain towns and just experiencing these, these small little communities that have been here for, for a great period of time and just experiencing seeing how they're thriving to how they're slowly disappearing. And so my, my thing is what I love about when I go in Colorado here is I love to go to the mountains and just drive. I love driving through the mountains. I love going through the Ridge canyons where the roads at mm-hmm. and just, I get amazed by looking at the beauty of, of the nature and in this world when I'm driving through and you've got these huge rocks that are just coming from the earth. They are perfect in formation. They are gargantuous and you're so small to them. Red and rocks. Just, you know, Red Rocks is one of them. That's a great place to go visit. You definitely have to check out the Red Rocks Amphitheater. It is, it, you, when you go there, it's at the theater of none other. Really? It's a theater of none other. When my husband moved here from Canada, that was the first place I took him because he was oh. like, I want to go see the Red Rocks Amphitheater. And, and it's, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And it's those small little gems that are here in Colorado. We've experienced probably about close to 85% of Colorado. There's some areas we still have not visited yet, mm-hmm. but we can say we've covered most of the ground in Colorado. And, you know, one thing that I want to take him down to go see is Bishop's Castle, which is just, again, a gentleman who is very creative, right? Imagining, say, I'm going to, t- I'm going to build this castle on my own. And it, what it did, it started with one boulder. You know? And now he has this castle that you can go visit, walk in and climb and be a part of where weddings and, and events all happen. That's all there. And, and that's why I say it goes back to that creative that people thought he was crazy. Yeah. Right. And so in Colorado, there's so many different things. But my my thing is driving through the mountains. You are selling Colorado right now. <laughs> Well, when you're a Colorado native, I mean, like it says, there's, there's so much and, you know, and I'm speaking because I'm a native of it. I don't know much about, I mean, there's other states that we visited that are just gorgeous. I mean, like we went to Washington. I love Portland. It's, you know, but it's, there's so much to learn and experience, but Colorado, it's like, you know, there's just so much to it. And I'm, and I'm grateful and honored that I was able to be born in this state and just, you know, just experience. I always tell people, check out every state. Don't, don't, don't read what people post, find the stuff that says, what are the attractions? What are Mm -hmm. the things that positive people are saying? If you're catching negative, throw that out there because you don't need that. I love to travel. I cannot wait to travel again. So, and it sounds like Colorado is spacious enough where you and your husband can go out to, to the mountains without fear of COVID 
Well, you know, we it's the COVID was a lot of learning because this is where there was a lot of growth in ourselves as an individuals. But with Colorado, you can still go to the mountains and be out in the fresh air and still keep that distance where you're not out there, mm-hmm. you know, with other people. Um, and it's been encouraged. It, it, it was encouraged that when the COVID began is to go out to the mountains and go out and go for walks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and where we live in here, I mean, really is we have so many amazing parks. And so you can just go to the park and walk out there, but you can go to the mountains and people were flocking to the mountains because they wanted to get that, to get out of the house, you know, not being stuck. And so for us here, you know, we have, we always like everywhere else, you always have your positive, your pros and you always have your cons. I mean, one state's going to say we're doing this and everything. Colorado has been, you know, it's been a challenging with our government, with our local government, you know, just the whole COVID thing. But it doesn't stop us from not going out and experiencing. And, you know, like I said, in Colorado, you can do that with the mountains and everything. It doesn't stop us from doing that. You know, I was actually looking at Colorado when legalizing marijuana became a thing. And I saw how Colorado's economy boomed. And I was like, this is a progressive state. Mm -hmm. It seemed like... You know, people were as healthy as people in California. You have the nature, you have pretty much everything except for the water, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's shocking that you said that you were having, that your government was having issues. Well, it's just like with COVID, you know, just the idea of like how they implement like the vaccines and all this stuff. I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of back and forth moving from uh orange level to red and red back to orange i mean there's just and what it is it's just a lot of mindsets Mm -hmm. it's a lot of mindsets and everything my when someone asked me about this whole COVID thing i i went i listened to a podcast one time and i loved how the speaker said this is and i'm big on this is wherever my focus goes is where my energy goes Mm -hmm. and if i focus on i'm gonna get this disease i'm gonna get sick and guess what? Your, your mind is saying it, you're going to make it happen. So I approach it as I don't focus on that. I do my precautions. I wear my mask. I clean, you know, I keep myself at that distance and safe, but I don't focus on it. Like some people I come in contact, they're so fearful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you're, you're giving that energy. You're, you're attracting it. And what happens weeks later here, they are, I got COVID. See, I told you it was going to happen. I said, well, you keep telling yourself you're going to get it. So it's kind of those, those mindsets. And like I said, you have, there has to be a balance. You know, and we are considered, we are a very progressive state. We, I'm, I guess what I'm wondering too, you, you are an assistant principal and that's one of my passions as well, education. And knowing that I'm from Louisiana, knowing that some of the students couldn't continue school because they didn't have, you know, a laptop or a tablet. And so some of our kids, unfortunately they were left behind so i'm ge- i guess i'm wondering how was your experience as an assistant principal or someone in education how did colorado respond colorado responded with well, our goal was we really want to try to keep students in person learning because of those particular um statements that you made you know we want it, we we recognize um let me backtrack. There's a lot of assumption that our every student has the technology. There's a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. that every household has internet. There's, there's a lot of assumptions. 
And you don't see those assumptions recognized until something like this happened. Because when a student shows up to school, they have the, the materials needed in order to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And then when this whole COVID thing is, our goal was to keep students in person. And I mean, like I said, and again, there's gonna be a balance. You're gonna have the people with the pros and the cons of the whole situation. And now that we've gone to virtual, I mean, we're, we got one more week of virtual and then we're gonna to try to go back into in-person. And because we know food wise, you don't know all the dynamics of home. And that's where, when I coach a lot of my teachers is we have to first off give parents and families grace. We have to start with that. We don't know their home life and we can't control what's happening in the home life. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing as an educator, there's, there's tend to a lot of control. I want to control this. I want this to happen because again, it goes back to, we know what our students are capable of and we want them to excel and achieve. So there's a lot of that outside control that we have, we can't fix. Mm-hmm. So we have to give grace to parents and to students. And then you know, we're finding out like our, we're fortunate that all our students in our district were able to get a computer. Okay. Well now they have a computer, but now they don't have, they don't have internet. Mm-hmm. And then, so the internet company serviced and said, okay, we'll give you the essentials, but then that's slow internet. So you, you, you gotta think, and then you gotta think families have kids of, you know, they have five kids in the house. Mm-hmm. So you're getting these internet essentials and they have five laptops that they have to work through. A parent's got to readjust because they weren't, they're not, their dynamics have changed because they were never used to raising five kids in one in a day. Now I've got to have them to come to school and be monitoring that to make sure they're successful. But now my internet is slowing down. So now the computers are shutting down um, to where we live in an area where, yeah, we have internet, but it's not as the great strength of the internet. Mm -hmm. So the dynamics have changed to where I, those assumptions are now the reality and that we really have to work and we're doing our best. And and I, I see the frustration with parents. That's why I say, give them grace. Parents are like, I'm doing everything I can. We just, it's just not working for us where, you know, we have students that their home life, we are their safety and security. So coming to school was their, was their, their getaway. And now that they're at home, now they're seeing the dynamics of family. And sometimes, you know, we have families that have to move from hotel to hotel to hotel because, or some families don't have a, they lost their job because of this whole pandemic. And now they're struggling and, we can't, we know we're living in our car. We don't have a place. And there's that shame. There's that embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Some students don't, you know, there's the battle of they need to turn on their camera. Well, some students are afraid to turn on the camera because they don't know what their siblings are going to do behind them, or they don't want people to see their home of the way it is. And, and, there, and there's the battle. Well, we need you to be present. So, I mean, it's changed the dynamics of it. And it, it breaks my heart because you're seeing these students that, law requires you have to be in attendance in school. And so as myself, I have to be the, 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 the bad guy in a way is I have to issue an attendance contract. And then if you don't show up, then we send you to truancy court, mm-hmm. which just adds another yes. problem into the family life. Yes. And I try to tell them to just be present. What do you need as support and how can we help you? And I can only do so much. And then after, you know, we've given them the tools and the support, it, it's up to them to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Joy, I'm going to say it. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. you because, again, I'm passionate about our children, about their education, and about just these little things that that will change the trajectory of their lives. You know, these little things. And some people don't understand how, but I know you know that not being able to you know, uh, months of school, 
you know, you can't go to school and you said it, you said it perfectly. It's not just about the education, but it's about the food. Some children are going to school for food. Mm-hmm. Some children are going to school to get away from abuse. Some mm-hmm. children are being abused because they are now at home. Yep. So, no, I just had to say, like, I really appreciate you because I see your empathy. I see your compassion. So um, before I start crying, I'm going to (laughs) segue us into one of my favorite segments. This is where I give you a ticket and you can go anywhere in the whole wide world or universe because some people have gone to outer space so where in the world would you go who would you bring with you or who would you visit and why would you go there well you know the first person that i would take with me my husband because we definitely love to travel we love to experience he has that spontaneity of just experiencing and 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 gathering. We always have these conversations. Like if we went here to this thing, what would we do? We, we don't like to go to the touristy areas. We want to see the real life and experience of, of everyone else. We, we want to go see villages. We want to go do missionary work. We want to do all of this stuff just because we yeah. want to say that's the experience. We want to see the real life of people, not go to a touristy place where everyone goes. We want to go off road, right? Yeah. Whereas it maybe it might be a little risk taking and everything. And if I was given a ticket to go anywhere, I, uh, you know, I would really honestly say, because I've always wanted to see it for myself. And that's what I'm going to share is, is change in the past. Because I mean, I feel like, you know, like I said, oh, I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Australia. I want to go all of these. But if I was given this opportunity to experience something, it would be going into space just to see the, um, because I go in my mindset as, as a life coach is about universe. Mm-hmm. We're part of a universe. And to be experienced, to get the experience, to look out your window and see the earth itself, where everyone is at, all dynamics, all shapes and sizes, all colors, everything, just to see that, that would be phenomenally amazing to say, I got to experience that and see that. I would love, love to go outer space. So if ever we get the chance, (laughs) I know Elon Musk, had some like you let's go to mars trip or something like that and i'm like yeah i would definitely go but then like talking to some people some astronauts or physicists or scientists i would just put it there and they were saying yeah it's kind of difficult because of the elements and other factors so like another caveat little um that was in that little article was if you go to Mars, you may not come back to Earth, meaning you are going to die in Mars. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't, but I, I, want, I want you to think about that. That's someone's perspective. That's someone's limiting belief. Mm. You, know, you got to think about Elon Musk making that idea. He's thinking crazy, right? We were talking about that. He's got this imagination and this, this creative idea of, hey, let's go travel to Mars. And so everyone, of course, is going to tell you that based on the fears that hearing what you said in that article is like, well, you know, be expected to be difficult. Well, if I'm starting an entrepreneur job, isn't that the same as being difficult? Mm -hmm. Isn't that same as being challenging? 
and then going and saying, oh, you may not come back. Well, okay, you know, one, I may not come back because I may, my life may end there, or I may not come back because I took on the challenge and the difficulty. And guess what? I'm starting a community. Mm-hmm. We're starting something, you know? So I always, I, when I read those things, I always think about, <clears throat> I always go back to the imagination. Those are, yes, they're, they're proving the data and the facts, but we've proven a lot too. Science has proven a lot of things that we felt to say, oh, you can't do this. But science has proved it to say, guess what? We actually did it. Like, you know, I always go back to the guy that ran the uh, four minute mile. People tell him, no one can do that. You'll kill yourself. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be dead. And Banner turned around and said, okay, I accept the challenge. And guess what? He ran the four minute mile. And now guess what? People started doing it. So it's those, it's those, it's those um, outliers. It's those who have that imaginative and say, that imaginative mind saying, okay, you told me on something that's not possible. Well, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. And if it takes me, takes me a lifetime to figure it out, I figured it out. Yeah. Now, so, I'm, you know, I, I love that. I'm stuck on this four minute mile. Like, <laughs> wow. But Troy, we, we should definitely meet up. I can't wait until we're all able to get out because I love traveling. Just like you said, I want to go to the villages. I don't want to go to the resort. I love resorts. Maybe, you know, one, two nights or whatever. That's cool. But I love going with the people, eating the street food, going into the dives, you know, hole in the walls. I love, love, love. Because that's where, when my husband and I talk about that, that's the real. Mm -hmm. When you go to a resort, you're getting their goal is to make you happy, which means they entertain you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's that thing I tell people is I'm not here to entertain you. Mm-hmm. I care about other things than making you, you know, making you happy, which is entertaining you in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not that. And that's what resorts do. That's what those tourist attraction places do is that their goal is to make you happy, to entertain you. But when you go off road and you go visit, the smaller communities, you're, you're staying with people who live the real, Mm -hmm. your perspective changes, you know, your, your view of what it's, oh, I thought it was this has now shifted to going, oh, this is what it really is. And I'm, and and sometimes it leads you to a, a moment of being grateful, you know, being, having that gratitude of being grateful for where you are in your life versus, um, what they have. I got to go see, I got to go to India, right? So, you know, President uh, Bill Clinton said one time that there are two people in this world, those who see the Taj Mahal and those who haven't. Well, I'm one who has. I was one of the, one of the the adventures that I wanted to do was see the Taj Mahal and we got to see it when the sun was rising. It was amazing, right? Lifetime experience. And the one thing that I remember in my trip to India when I was there studying was this, we went out into the outskirts. We were in the village, you know, we didn't, we got to see both sides. We were out in the village and we were by this pond area watching these wonderful uh, storks because there was a, the, 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 the lake that they was at, all these storks stood there, right? It was, at, it was a migrating time. And when I turned my back, I look, there is a small little village of huts. I mean, and when I'm saying huts, they're made out of the straw, Yeah. right? They have the pit fires going outside their homes. Mm-hmm. And you see a student walking from school, right? They've got the uniform on and they got their, their, uh, their backpack. They're walking into the village because the bus just dropped them off. Mm-hmm. They're walking in the village. They go in and they start gathering stuff to make, you know, their living. And just standing, I wasn't watching the storks anymore. I was watching the reality, the watching. real world. I was people watching and I was watching this whole entire community 
that everyone just, you could feel it. I didn't need to be in there. I could feel it, mm-hmm. that this was a community of love. This was a community of belonging. And because they didn't have electricity, they, they were happy. They were, you could hear them giggling. Mm-hmm. You could hear them talking. They were just living in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, where we lose ourselves and going, oh my gosh, you know, my phone's not working, the internet, blah, blah, blah. This, they were living in the moment. And I, I always reflect back to that of that's what I love about when you can travel is you can experience the realness of it. Yes. That's what, what I call life? quality. Mm-hmm. That is quality to me. I know, you know, as an American, we have this idea of what quality means, but because I have a global mindset, Quality does not equate to money or Mm -hmm. billions of dollars or there's, I don't think quality, you can always put a dollar amount to it. You can never, it's priceless. Those, those experiences are priceless. Right. You know, you, the thing, you know, we've too many times with people I work with or have discussions with, I'll know where their mindset is Mm -hmm. when it just comes through the engagement and the conversations. And it's about the struggle, like with the whole COVID thing goes, people didn't know how to live in the moment. They didn't know how to embrace boredom. I had to relearn how to embrace boredom because I'm always, you know, I work Monday through Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, I'm doing my, my side hustles and everything throughout the day. You know, I'm always doing, I, I feel like I never have time to read and do it. I've always have to set that schedule to say, I need to accomplish these things. I need to learn something new, mm-hmm. um, all this journaling and everything. And I, I found like during this time, I, I have all this time now. And it's the time that I've been praying for, asking mm-hmm. for. Now what do I do? Okay, the first three days. And it's like, okay, now I'm kind of bored. Yeah. Well, then I had to stop by and think, what is what's, what am I saying I'm bored? And it's because the boredom was because I wasn't creating a day that I was so distracted. Mm-hmm. Now I had a moment to be in the present moment. I had an opportunity to be present to look around my house and appreciate it because you know it's more than just coming in and having a place to to reside and a, a place to eat food and sleep and have all the necessities it was actually i was looking at it, i was like this is this is something i'm grateful for mm-hmm. it's a space where i can be my ultimate true self i can mm-hmm. enjoy just this moment mm-hmm. You know, and that's where it was, it was hard to develop that because like I said, you get boredom. People don't know how to be bored Mm -hmm. because they rather be distracted. And then you get bored of, you get bored of watching videos. You get bored of reading. And so it's like, okay, why? Because you're not, because it's, it's, you want to be distracted. Mm -hmm. And that's where Mm -hmm. we got to reground ourselves to say, sometimes stop and just be in the moment. And that's, like I said, I love to watch our dog Sable because she's in the moment when she's playing, when she's laying next to me and, and cuddling with me and I'm rubbing her, I'm in the moment. I'm in the present right now. And it's the greatest gift ever. Then what am I going to do tomorrow to what did I do yesterday to where am I going to be three weeks from now? Or what's going to happen in the next hour? It's, it's a lot, it's a lot different. So that's, I think this was an opportunity for us to reset ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I hate this idea when people say, oh, we got to get back to normal. There is no normal. No, I say, we want to get back to our typical routines. Yeah. But then I say, my question to you would be, did you thrive in those typical routines that you were in? Because here's an opportunity for you to change your routines and thrive even larger and higher, achieve more with this opportunity. 
or as you said earlier, rewrite your story. Yeah, rewrite your story. You have the greatest opportunity right now to rewrite your story. From the mouth of a life coach. This is why. What did she say within five minutes? Yes, this is why I need you in my life, Troy. Before we get out of here, um, just one question, and this will be from myself. Usually we have listeners write in. And so, connectors, if you have a question, I'll look. This, you have to give me some grace. As Troy said, give me some grace too, please. I am just now getting back into the new year and I'm also now studying for the bar exam. So I'm a little behind on updating my website. However, if you have a question for myself or just a general question or an upcoming artist, you can email me at info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. So Troy, this is my question for you as a life coach and knowing that 2020 was a heck of a year, 2021 is doing what it's doing right now. How would you frame resolutions versus rewriting your story? Resolutions are basically statements or ideas or goals that I'm going to write down one time, maybe revisit within a few days. And by January 31st, they no longer exist. Those are resolutions. Mm -hmm. Rewriting your story is you taking the challenge, you finding someone to keep you accountable, you creating these, these wishes into dreams and sitting back and saying, if I have this, this, this dream that I want to make, what's my system that I need to do that? I believe in the 1%. What am I going to do today? 1% that's going to lead me to toward my goal. And it's, is it, okay, let's say, here's an example. I want to run a 5k. All right. So that's, that's, that's the dream a person may have. Well, this week for, for five days or seven days, just put on the running shoes. You don't have to go out and run. Just put on the running shoes. When that gets easy, then now put on your running shoes and go for a five-minute walk. Get to how that's easy. Build it slowly. You know, no one says, I think when we make resolutions, we, you got to give yourself an end day goal. If you achieve it, great. If you get toward it and you're like, okay, I'm not halfway there, that's feedback. Doesn't mean that you scrap the goal. Resolutions, people, how do you eat an elephant? This is what my friend says. How do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. So that's what resolutions, resolutions are your elephant. But if you're going to try to go in and eat it, you're, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get, you know, self-doubt. You're going to get, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But when you rewrite your story, you're like, okay, I'm sitting down. I'm at my, I always say I visual like I'm like on a computer or I'm handwriting. I'm, I'm about the gift of handwriting because mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's an art for me. I love it. And so when you sit down in your journal, just let it be, let it flow. You write your story, write about your successes, write about today. Oh my gosh, I didn't do absolutely nothing today. Give yourself grace. You're rewriting the story, you know, share that and, and find someone that fight like, find like-minded people that are going to support you. I I'm big on an accountability. A buddy of mine do, um, 
a show once a week on our, our Facebook because we're talking about dream boards and we come in and we're, we're keeping people accountable. We're opening it up and saying, here it is. And so we're always offering advice. And we talked about process and systems, mm-hmm. you know, process and systems. And I think about it, my analogy that I use that leads to this is this is where you write your story. It all starts like you're trying to build a fire. You're going to need kindling. That's the first step. You start that and you get the kindling going. Mm-hmm. Then you put in the small little logs and you get that fire going. Then you put in the medium size and you, you keep it the process until you have a roaring fire. That's your process of rewriting your story. Start off small. There's no right or wrong way to begin rewriting your story. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting down and saying, today is the day that I'm going to rewrite my story. Mm-hmm. I'm done letting anyone else rewrite it for me, which is limiting beliefs, opinions, those, those are other people rewriting your story. Mm-hmm. You have the power within you. Your human brain is the most greatest machine that will never be duplicated ever. They're trying to get as close, but it'll never be. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, you have the power within you to rewrite your story. So don't set resolutions. Set and say today, Look at your resolutions you created and say, then you know what? These are part of my, these are the chapters in my rewriting of my story. I love that. I love that. I will never, ever, ever, ever use resolution again. I am rewriting my story, even if that means every year at the stroke of 12 o'clock, here's a new chapter of the story that I'm writing. And that's the thing that I love about it, because if you ever read fiction or you read anything, mostly in fictions, you're always going to have the protagonist and the antagonist. And I was a literature teacher. So that's why I like the idea of rewriting your story. You're going to have the conflicts. You're going to have the successes. Mm -hmm. You're going to have those moments that are going to make you cry. Mm -hmm. You're going to have those moments that you're going to laugh so hard that your belly hurts. You're going to have those moments that, oh my God, I can't believe this character did this. The anger, the emotions. That's all part of rewriting your story. Mm-hmm. You're going to experience those. That's who creates you to the human. The, like I said, that creates you as the spirit who's experiencing the human world and the world that is just that we're living in. That's your story. So when you lay down your head, when you, your time to transform into wherever you go, after your purpose in life is there, you have lived this story that you wrote that no one else did. Mm-hmm. You rewrote that story. You left a legacy. You left that impression. And that impression lives within others that you allow to be part of your story. Because guess what? You get to control your, your, your characters in your story because you're the main character. Exactly. Right? And so that's, that's why I always say is don't be when you're getting ready to transition into your next life that you have all these dreams that are looking at you and saying, Why? Why didn't you take the risk? Never. Why didn't you take the adventure? Because we, the world's missing this. You could have brought something. And again, is it fear? You, you, that's where it is. And you're gonna, you, when you write your story, you compose whatever you want. I love that. And every pay, every mm-hmm. at midnight, when it comes in 12 a.m. for the next day, whether it's a new chapter, it's our new page, guess what? You get to write it. No one else can write it for you unless you give them permission to write it. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, I didn't like this story. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you had, a, you had the chance to, you still have the chance mm-hmm. to take ownership of the pen and say, this is, this is how I'm going to write it. In 2021, we are not allowing our dreams to die. 
If we perish, our dreams will not perish with us because we are living out all of our dreams this year. At least for me, that is my goal. That is one goal of mine is to live out all of my dreams that I can see for this year. I'm not and live out the myself. dream and live out the dreams that you think that pop in your head, live out the dreams that you might think are crazier than any crazy idea you could ever think of. Write it down, put it on pen. Once, once we scribe something onto paper, it becomes real. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell a lot of people I work with, or a lot of people I speak with is when you write something down, it becomes real. It's there, you know? And don't be afraid. Don't question it. Just write down like, oh my gosh, this, I just popped in this idea. You know, like they always say showers, when you're walking, exercise, you have these crazy ideas, keep a journal when you're sleeping, these ideas. Don't stop and tell yourself this is impossible because I've changed the word impossible to I'm possible. There you go. You know, anything is possible if you believe in it. Yeah. So rewrite your story, start, start getting imaginative, start hosting your little tea parties. If that's what you need to do as, <laughs> as a, you know, I'm going to be turning 43 this month. And I was making Happy my colleague birthday. at work. Thank you. As I, I was telling my colleague, I said, if you have to get down as an adult and you just pull out a little table and get the little tea party and put the thing and I was have fun. That's where the imagine begins. And I said, cause I can tell you right this, you're going to come up with something creative. You're going to think that as silly as that may be, mm-hmm. that was rejuvenating mm-hmm. and your inner child is going to thank you. Yes. And guess what? The inner child has now come to recognize you've acknowledged that it still exists. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's going to start giving you and supporting you, partnering with you because it is you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start coming with these great ideas. It's going to say, hey, this is a crazy idea. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. So connectors, connectors out there, if you want to make it happen, if you want to get your life in order, I feel like you should get connected with Troy. Troy, please let us know where we can stay connected with you. Give us your socials, your website, where we can see you. So my, I'm always active on my Instagram page, which is um, mind underscore maven underscore coach. That was a big one to come out with the idea of mind maven. People were like, what is that? And that's again, curiosity. What does it mean? So it's mind underscore maven underscore coach on Instagram. Um, my Facebook page is Rivera Life Coaching. Um, and then my email is Rivera Life Coaching at gmail.com. And then my website is uh, Rivera Coaching.com. I mean, those are where you can really connect, but Facebook and Instagram are the way you really will connect with me the most. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, that's where I show up at. Okay. And when is your birthday? My birthday is January 27th. Okay. So I think you are an Aquarius as well. Oh, I am an Aquarius. Yes. That's why we are connecting (laughs) gang gang. (laughs) I'm an Aquarius. My birthday is the 17th of February. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, happy early birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And connectors, you know where to connect with me on my website, www.amsconnected.com, or you can email me info.amsconnected at gmail.com, or hit me up on Insta at amsconnected. Until the next time, connectors, stay connected. (laughs) 